This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 79, a not very long song, a fairly short one. And then we've got, we've just got uh, a few, just your average length song, about 12, 13, 14 in a row. And then it's a Psalm of Asaph. And it's really, it's described as a dirge. It's, it's really just a, it's, it, it, it has some Monday to it. It's very depressing about what uh, has happened to Israel. And, uh, and it, it has a lot of complaining in it. Like a Monday morning, it's liable to have a lot of complaining. Oh God, the nations have come into your inheritance, which means, and remember they, their inheritance is the promised land. That's what they were promised. It's what God said that they should have. And uh, the situation is that obviously the Babylonians took the Northern Kingdom and then the Assyrians later on take the, after the Persians take the Southern Kingdom. And then there's just a constant treading upon the nation of the nations upon Israel. It is, uh, it is a loss of God's best is what it really is. It's just the loss of God's best. And we lose God's best when we don't walk in faith and walk in obedience to his word by faith. Faith is, uh, is something, uh, that we place our trust in. We don't, we don't faith just in a general aimless direction. We actually put our trust in something concrete and real. And that which God has given us to teach us about him is in his word. And so we're obedient to his word by faith. And, and that faith brings us into his very best. We're obedient to his revelation. We're obedient to his speaking to us. And that is always in line with what his word has to say. So it says, your holy temple they have defiled. They've laid Jerusalem in heaps. And, and, and that happened many times. And it happened when Israel was not chasing after God, but was chasing after other, other gods and chasing after the nations around them and uh, loving the world. And, and when we love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in us. That's what First John tells us. The dead bodies of your servants, they have given us food for birds of the heavens. And what he's saying is this is a, a bleak, a, a thunderdome type uh, view of what's going on. The, the, the city's laid in heaps and the, uh, and the bodies of the dead are being eaten by the birds of the air. It makes me think of some of the scenes that I've seen, although there's not dead people in the streets, scenes I've seen of some of the cities in our country now. He says, they have given us food for the birds of the heavens, the flesh of your saints to the beast of the earth. Their blood they have shed like water all around Jerusalem. He says, and there was no one to bury them. We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and derision to those who are around us. And 
What Christians don't understand is that we think we can make the world love us. We think we can dress up our worship, that we can make our worship something that is palatable for lost people. And what we really do is we water down the worship and the word so that it's palatable to to the lost world. And then we're not discipling the believers that are there. And I'll say it over and over again. And it is true. The church service is for the, the believer. The believer is for the world. God has made us individually to be light in the world, not for the church service to be light to the world. Church service is where the believers are trained and discipled, where they meet with God and where they're given their instructions and given their uh, direction in life by God. It is the place where uh, they're encouraged and uh, uplifted and learned their uh, giftings by God and use those giftings in the world. We think that we can uh, make the world love us if we'll do what the world says and act like the world and have the values of the world. The problem is the values of the world and the values of God are an anathema to each other. They're not, they're, they're in direct conflict with each other. They have nothing to do with each other. And you cannot have values. You cannot have that are in direct conflict with each other and try to allow the values of the church to be palatable to the world because they're not going to be. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? Will you burn jealousy? Will, will your jealousy burn like fire? He asked God, or, or, I'm going to tell you now, God is a jealous God. He's jealous for his people. And a lot of people say, well, that's a negative emotion. No, uh, when, when there is a right relationship and when there is uh, promises and covenants made, God is jealous for his people. God God wants to have a relationship with people. I, anytime I run into a couple, one of them is really upset that the other one is is jealous. I, I wonder sometimes the dynamics of that relationship. Now, jealousy can be a control thing, but jealousy is a jealousy of a proper covenant relationship with somebody is proper. You should want your husband or wife to love you and to want to spend time with you. And if you don't, then there's a, then there's a problem there. He says, "You will be angry. Will you be angry forever? Pour, pour out your wrath on the nations that do not know you." What he's saying is, "Quit, <laughs> quit, quit destroying us and destroy them." Here's the thing: God disciplines His children in the moment and in the hour so that they might have His best. God disciplines and and is going to bring about His judgment on the world at later times and later dates. Now, does he judge nations and, and, and peoples at times? Yes, he does. And do they reap what they sow ultimately? Absolutely they do. But, but, but to, God does not hold the same standard for his people that he holds for the world. If I see when my girls were young, if I saw one of their friends doing something that they shouldn't do, I didn't go discipline their friends. I just knew that eventually that whatever that was going on would lead to whatever the consequences usually are of that. I'd point that out to my children got involved in it. I'd discipline them immediately and keep them from that. But but I didn't go discipline that other child because that they weren't mine. They're not my children. I might tell their parents if it was something that was imminently dangerous, but they weren't mine to discipline in that sense. It was mine. Mine were the ones to discipline in the moment and then to show them how the consequences of those actions play out. And so also with, with God and us, 
he disciplines us immediately. He, he allows the, the actions of whoever's out there in the world to play out in their own time to, to work their consequences out in their own season. He says, you pour out wrath on the nations and do not, who do not know you and on a kingdom that do not call on your name for they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling places. And by the way, God judges them for their wrongdoing, just like he, he, he immediately handles us, but he also judges them for how they treated us, even in when we're wrong. And, and, and that goes back to we, us being his children. He's always for us and never against us. And any discipline that he provides is for our best. It's not for our worst. And do not remember former iniquities against us. What he's saying is don't remember the past. And that's one of the things God does not do. He disciplines, he trains, and he moves on. He, he credits our sin to the account of Jesus who has paid for those sins, and he moves on. He remembers our sin against us no more. Once he's dealt with us and brought us to a place of understanding, then he moves on. He says, let your tender mercies come speedily to meet us. And I love tender mercies and loving kindness. He says, let your tender mercies come steadily to meet us. And we do need his mercy and his grace. For we have brought, we've been brought very low. And God disciplines us, but he also loves us afterwards. He also tells us that how important we are and uh, what value we have and uh, how much he loves us. Help us, O God, our, of our salvation for the glory of your name. And, and he's appealing to God, God's whole purpose for us, and that is to glorify his grace and mercy. And he's appealing to that. He's saying, I, I want you to, I want you to glorify your name by showing that your grace and mercy have power and have, have the ability to change lives. He says, and deliver us and provide atonement for our, and what he's saying is, you pay for our sins, Lord. You've trained us. Give us your tender mercies. Give, you, give us your loving kindness. Give us your grace so that we can so that we can be glorifying to you. Why should the nation say, where is their God? What he's saying is the nation shouldn't, shouldn't look at us and say, there, there is no God or where is their God? Because we do have a God. Let them be known among the nations in our sight, the avenging of the blood of your servants, which has been shed. And he's, he's asking for the avenger of blood, which we see in, in the revelation. He's saying, I, I, I want what the nations have done to us because we're your children. I want you to avenge those things. And by the way, avenging and revenging, they, they're, they're the work of God. They're not our work. It's not our duty to avenge uh, wrongs done to us. It's not our, it's not our job to, to attack those who attack us. He says, let the groaning of the prisoner come before you according to the greatness of your power. And this is a theme throughout scripture of caring for the prisoner and caring for the widow and the orphan. He says, let the groaning of the prisoners come before you according to the greatness of your power. Preserve, preserve those who are appointed to die. And he's telling them, preserve, preserve us in the midst of, of this valley of the shadow of death that we live in. He says, and return to our neighbors sevenfold unto their bosom. And he's saying, give it back to them over and over. It, you can tell there's some, there, there is definitely, this psalm is definitely out of place of depression and a place of sorrow and a place of mourning and understandable understandable that the psalmist would be dealing with that in, in that way because, because there's been great loss in, in the nation of Israel when they chased after other gods and worshiped other gods and then sacrificed their own children on, on the arms of that, that God. The uh, discipline that God gave was great.
and it was complete. He says, their reproach with which they have reproached you, O Lord. So we, your people, sheep of your pasture, and that's who we are. We're his people, sheep of his pasture. We give thanks, we give you thanks forever because really our only hope and our only sustenance is with God. Really, that's it. And after yesterday's service, understanding that the real hope and value of everything is to not be afraid and to trust God, not be afraid and believe what he has to say. We really are, we really only find our true provision from him and what we have and what we will have comes from his throne and his goodness. And it does not come from the work of our hand, although uh, we are rewarded for the obedience that we live by faith in him. We live obediently because of what he said and we trust him. He says, will you show forth your praise to all generations? What he's saying is, I want your name to be carried out. And sometimes we begin to believe that that somehow the church is going to be destroyed and God's not going to be seen and and heard and somehow the world's going to overcome us. The world's not going to overcome us. And and the world rages and yells and the crazies get in the streets and really have no understanding of the truth or what's going on around them. But even though that goes on all around us, God is in control and God is handling the situation and he is squashing wickedness around us and he is destroying those who destroy God's people and he is taking care of us. And so our job is to be the light. And so the only way we do that is we not be afraid and we believe and walk in obedience by faith to his uh, word and to his will revealed to us individually in our lives. And when we do that, we, uh, we, well, we walk powerfully and we shine bright and the generations to come see it and know it and have it. And so I pray that you will be able to uh, do that today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.